what I began preaching last week. I probably will, the Lord willing, continue that this evening. And uh, we were um, doing a little teaching and ministering from Philippians chapter 3 on um, getting things back to normal as far as a normalcy in, Christ, in our Christian life and our walk with the Lord. So we'll continue that this evening. Um, that is my plan. But I want to take a little different direction today this week in prayer and, and um, just the Holy Spirit begin to deal with me about something else that uh, I feel like. And I was still kindly in a last night when I went to bed. I was still kindly in a, in a little bit of a, I, I guess, a quandary as, you know, uh, what to preach this morning, what to preach Sunday night. And uh, I had, you know, got two different messages. And I felt like this morning when I got up and began to pray and look into the Word and do some studying that the Lord gave me the direction that He wanted me to go for today. So I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles with me this morning to the Old Testament, to the book of Ezekiel, if you would, to Ezekiel chapter 38. And I'm going to read some Scripture there, and um, we, we want to talk about a little bit about what's happening today in with Russia, with the Ukraine, and what the future looks like um, concerning that, uh, that bear Russia. And um, so in Ezekiel 38, uh, you know, the Bible prophesies, and we're going to read some scriptures here from the 38th chapter of Ezekiel, but the Bible gives prophecy uh, that one day that Russia is going to invade and come into the Middle East. And um, I think and believe that Ezekiel spells that out in this 38th chapter and 39th chapter. And in, in these two chapters of Ezekiel 38 and 39, we have what most um, Bible prophecy teachers refer to as the uh, Gog-Magog War. And uh, so we want to look at some things today and, and um, uh, along the lines of Bible prophecy and where we're at today in the prophetic timeline. And uh, hopefully what we have to say today will be my purpose in this is to inform us a little bit about what the future holds, but also to encourage us to be ever looking for the rapture of the church, the coming, the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for His people. And as we will see in uh, the Scripture in this message today that um, everything that's happening is just pointing, it's just pointing to the fact that, man, folks, we're, we're there at the, at the very brink of the coming of the Lord. We are in the last of the last days. And so um, I'm going to read from Ezekiel chapter number 38. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 and then verse 14 through 16. And here's what it says. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, 
I am against you. Boy, you don't want God saying that about you. I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And then if you'll drop down to verse number 14, 14, yes, verse number 14. It says, Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, Thus says the Lord. On that day, when my people Israel dwell safely, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. And it will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. Father, we pray this morning that you will help us as we minister your word. God, that you will give us a clarity of thought and understanding concerning these events today that are taking place in the world that we are seeing on our television every day. and We pray that you would make us today through this message, through your word, more aware of the fact of the, the soon coming of your son Jesus. My prayer today, Lord, is that every single one, everyone at Abundant Life Church would be in a place where we are ready for the rapture of the church, that we're looking for that soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now give us all hearts to receive your word and Lord ears to hear and to understand what the word of God says, what the spirit would be saying today to your church. And we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen. The Bible does prophesy, as I said, that one day in uh, the last days, that one day that Russia will invade the Middle East. There are no ifs, ands, doubts, or maybe so's about it, but the Bible is very clear that Russia will make an invasion on Israel. And these two chapters here in Ezekiel tell us about this invasion. And it's very important, a very important prophecy in these two chapters of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39, a very important prophecy concerning the end times. Most Bible scholars, not all, but most Bible scholars agree that these two chapters are a reference to Russia. And according to this prophecy here in Ezekiel 38 that Russia and a coalition of Muslim nations will invade Israel in an attempt to destroy Israel, but they will ultimately fail. And I believe that we're seeing the pieces of the puzzle come together even today right before our eyes. Every day when you turn the news on, all that you see on the news now, I mean the whole, every, every broadcast of news on Fox or on your local news, the national news, all is, is focused on the invasion of Russia on Ukraine. 
And so the question is being asked when we look at what is happening there and seeing what is going on, the question is asked, will Russia move beyond Ukraine? What is going to happen in the Ukraine? Will Putin be successful in the attack on Ukraine? Will he take it? You know, what his plan and desire is is to reestablish the former Soviet Union. He wants to bring it back to a world power again. That's what's in his mind. That's what he wants to do. And so what will happen there in Ukraine, if he will be successful, nobody really knows yet. Time will tell what will happen there. The questions asked about NATO. Will NATO uh, be dragged? And the United States have dragged into a war there. And will they get involved? Well, the last thing I think anybody wants today would be a war, a nuclear war, and uh, Putin has already indicated that he would use, he hasn't come right out and said it, but he has indicated in what he said that he would use nuclear weapons if anyone interfered with what he's doing. So he is putting fear into um, the leaders of the world today. So those are questions that the whole world is asking today, and uh, the answer answer to those questions is we just right now don't know what is going to happen in Ukraine. We don't know what Putin's going to do. We don't know what Russia's going to do. Winston Churchill said that Russia is a riddle wrapped up in a mystery inside an enigma. So it's just hard to figure out what they're going to do. Some of the news reporters I've heard say, and you have too, say that Putin is not well. He seems to be unstable. He seems to be uh, kind of unhinged. There's a rumor going around that he may possibly have a brain tumor. Whether that's true or not, we don't know. But we do know that he has launched the most provocative military move against a country since World War II. Russia's actions are prophetically significant because what is happening today, what we see on the news and what we see going on there in the Ukraine is a flashing neon sign of the times today, ladies and gentlemen. We see it pointing to the fact that we are in the last days. It's setting the stage for this Gog and Magog war that we read about in Ezekiel 38. There are different views, different opinions of this war, but I'm going to give you today what in prayer and study I feel like that the, the, the Holy Scriptures are teaching us concerning this particular prophetic event. We must ask some questions about this text in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And the first question I believe that we have to ask is, who are the participants? Who is Gog and who is Magog? And the Bible tells us that in verses 1 through 3 that Ezekiel was told by the Lord to set his face against Gog and notice, and the land of Magog and to prophesy against him and say thus saith the Lord God behold I am against you O Gog a prince of Rosh Meshach and Tubal so who is this Gog that this scripture is referring to the word Gog actually means a prince 
or a leader or a ruler. And so Gog is referring to an individual. It's referring to a person. And it says that he is the chief prince uh, of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. Gog is a person. Well, if Gog is a person, he is a prince, he is a leader, then who is or what is Magog? Well, Magog, if you read in Genesis chapter 10 and verse number 2, Magog was the name of one of the grandsons of Noah. It was the son of Japheth, and the descendants of Magog lived in an area and migrated to and lived in the area that is known today as southern Russia and Ukraine. And most scholars teach that Magog is referring to the country of modern-day Russia. So what we need to understand today is this, that Gog is a prince or a leader, and Magog is the land that he is the prince over. The name Rosh that is found in the New King James and, and, and many of the other uh, modern translations, the name Rosh is referred to by many scholars as being Russia. And uh, so we, when we read this text in this um, this prophecy, it tells us that, gives us the geographical location of this country and this leader. In verse 6 and verse 15 of Ezekiel 38, and just stay with me here, it says that they come from the uttermost parts of the north. So Magog is to the uttermost part of the north of Israel. Someone would say, well, to the north of Israel is Syria, and we know that is true, that, that, that Syria borders Israel to the north, but it's not referring just to that country to the north of Israel, but to the far north, or to the uttermost north of Israel. And Russia is north, directly north of Israel. If you would take and draw a line from Jerusalem on your globe or on your map from Jerusalem to the North Pole, you would find that that line goes directly right straight through Moscow. It's a bit little over 1,600 miles from Jerusalem is Moscow, so it is to the far north. And Ezekiel is prophesying about a land north of Israel called Magog, and he has identified it geographically. So we conclude, as many Bible prophecy teachers do, that this is referring to Russia. Verse number 3 says that, that he is against the land, that God is against this land. Now, I want you to hear me this morning. It says that God is against this land and against its prince. So I believe that I can say emphatically today that God is against Russia. He is against Putin. He is not with him or for him, but he is against him. And there's two reasons why that God is against Russia. Number one, God's against Russia because Russia is against God. Russia is atheistic. Putin is atheistic. And many of the people, most of the people, there are some Christians and some churches there. But as a whole, Russia is against God. But the second reason that God is against Russia is because Russia is against Israel. 
And God is always against those who are against Israel. Can I get an amen today? And that's why that we as a nation here today in the United States of America and we as a church need to pray and pray constantly that God that that our country will not turn its back upon Israel because God is always against those who are against Israel. And Russia is against Israel. Just prior to their attack on the Ukraine, Russia took issue with Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights and over Jerusalem. And there was a quote that was given that I read the other day, given by the deputy ambassador, Russian's deputy ambassador to the United Nations Security Council, and he said Russia does not, here's the quote, he said Russia does not recognize Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights that are a part of Syria. And he also took his issue with Israeli sovereignty over Jerusalem. Now we know what Russia does with nations whose sovereignty it does not recognize, and it is playing that is playing out right now in the Ukraine. So we know that Russia is anti-Israel. They are opposed to Israel, and they will one day oppose Israel. But at what, what ben, Benjamin Franklin said one time said he that spits against the wind spits in his own face and I can tell you this that when the time comes for Russia to invade Israel and attack them he will be spitting in his own face and Russia is spitting against the wind when they make the decision to attack God's people Israel can I get an amen today now, the Bible tells us about the allies that will come. And I'm not going to take time to read all the verses. You can read them yourself there in Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 4 through 7. It lists the allies that will align themselves with Russia when Russia invades Israel. The first one is Persia. It's mentioned there in that passage, verses 4 through 7. Persia is modern-day Iran, and Persia, or Iran as we know, is very pro-Russian. Iran is the most dangerous group of this list of allies because they have openly called for the destruction of Israel. Iran's military is ranked ninth largest in the world. And Iran, I, I, this is from Israeli intelligence, says that Iran has enough, right now, enough enriched uranium to manufacture one atomic bomb. That's scary within itself. And uh, so we know that Iran is opposed to Israel. They will be an ally with Russia in that attack. Ethiopia was one. That is south. Uh, it is the, the land or the nation or the region south of Egypt and Africa, including the Sudan, which also has strong ties with Russia and Iran and has a built-in hatred for Israel. The third nation that will ally with them, according to the Scripture, is Libya. This is west of Egypt in northern Africa and also includes um, Morocco and all those countries are very pro-Russian. 
Gomer is another nation that will ally in this war. And it's, uh, Gomer is rec- recognized as Germany and areas of Eastern U- Europe. And Torgama would be Turkey. And Turkey as well is a strong ally of Russia. So now that we've got the geography out of the way and we see that these nations will align themselves and ally themselves in the near future with Russia, what will be the time of this war? When will Russia attack Israel? We know from the scripture that this is something that is going to happen, but what will be the time of this attack by Russia? Now the timing of this invasion is probably the most controversial by all Bible scholars. Everybody seems to have a different idea or thought as to when this invasion will take place. Even with them who do agree that this is a Russian invasion on Israel, they uh, uh, may agree upon the nations that are involved but um, and, and what is going to happen, but the timing of this invasion is something that is debate, debated. But notice what the Scripture says. Some have taught and said that this invasion, this war has already taken place in the past. But we know that it's yet future because Ezekiel 38 and 8 says that this war takes place when? In the latter years or in the last days. The invasion will happen at the end of this age. They will come in the latter years of God's dealings with Israel. In verse 8, he says, After many days you will be visited in the latter years. You will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many peoples on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of nations, and now all of them dwell safely. He's referring to Israel being regathered and established as a nation. And it says that this attack will take place and he will come against a land that is brought back, gathered from many people, and has long been desolate but is brought out of other nations. And we know that in May, on May the 14th, 1948, Israel was established as a nation, declared as a nation, a nation that was born in a day. And it's, 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 it's awesome that on that very same day of May the 14th in 2018, on the 70th anniversary of them becoming a nation that President Donald Trump declared Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and um, you know and and said that they were moving the embassy to to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv so we know that he's talking about Israel in the last days after they have been established at a nation as a nation It will be a time, now here's the key, and here's what I think is so important about this, because we know that we're in the latter days, we know that Israel is established as a nation, has been since 1948, and so that is the timeline in which this invasion will occur, but it gives us another key in verse number 8, that it says that it will 
it will happen at a time when Israel is dwelling in safety. Verse number 8, the, the latter portion there says, Now all of them dwell in safety. He said in verse number 11 that, that this, this army would come up against a land of unwalled villages and to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having, their, having, having neither bars nor gates. This gives us some insight into when this invasion will happen. When Israel is in unwalled villages, having no bars or gates, and dwelling safely. It will be a time, ladies and gentlemen, when Israel feels secure. When they will be at peace, not expecting a sudden attack. And can I tell you that today they are not experiencing peace and security. Are you with me? Israel is in squirmishes all the time. They are threatened all the time. So they are not in this place of peace and security today. There are only two times in Israel's future that they will be at rest and will be secure. And one of those times is during the millennial reign of Christ. And the other time is during the first half of the tribulation. Now listen to what I'm saying to you today. I want to say that again. The only two times in Israel's future where they, where, when they will be at rest and secure is during the millennial reign and during the first half of the tribulation. And many Bible prophecy scholars believe this to mean that Israel at the time of this attack will be under a peace treaty. When could that timeline possibly be? Because we know this for a fact that after the rapture of the church after the church is taken out of here that the antichrist when he comes on the scene the very first thing that he will do is to make a seven year peace treaty with Israel this is what starts the tribulation period listen to me saints we are not in the tribulation today we are not in the great well we're having some tribulation but we're not in the tribulation period. The tribulation will not happen, will not take place till after the church is gone, the church has been raptured out, the Antichrist will reveal himself, and he will sign a seven-year, confirm a seven-year treaty and agreement with Israel. Daniel said it in Daniel 9, 27, that he would confirm a covenant with many, the Antichrist would, for one week. At that time, when that treaty is signed, the Antichrist will be able to accomplish something that no other government leader, world leader has been able to accomplish, but he will be able to bring peace to Israel and to the Middle East. That's one thing that they're going to just uh, hail him over is that fact that he brings peace and signs that peace treaty with Israel. And at that time, Israel will be in safety and they will for a while be living peaceably. So to me, it seems to be that this would be the logical time for this invasion to happen. Now stay with me. Is everybody still awake? Amen. Could this invasion of Russia on Israel take place before the rapture? 
Is it possible that the church would see this invasion? Could Russia, uh, uh, you know, could they possibly, and we'll see what plays out in the Ukraine, but could they bring the Ukraine back in under their power and then get their forces together to go against Israel? Is that possible that the church would see that? Well, we're not sure. We're just not certain. But here's the thing. If we say that the church will definitely see this Russian invasion of Israel, then we would be placing that event as the next thing on God's prophetic calendar. And can I tell you something today? I'm pretty emphatic about this, that the next event, the very next event on God's prophetic calendar is not the Gog and Magog war, but the very next event on the prophetic calendar of God is the rapture of the church when Jesus comes back to take his church away to be with him I'm very much pre-trib rapture in my theology and in my believing. Now, if you disagree with that and you want to stay here and go through part of the tribulation, half the tribulation, or all the tribulation, you just go ahead and tribulate all you want to. But as for me, I'm going to believe that Jesus is coming back for his church. God has not appointed us to wrath, but God has appointed us to obtain salvation through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's one of the very things that the rapture is designed to do is to take out of this earth his bride, his church, the salt and the light, and the Antichrist cannot come on the scene and do anything until the church is taken out of here. That's very plain in the Word of God. The rapture is imminent. The rapture is going to could take place. Nothing has to happen before the Lord can come for His church. So if we have to wait for this Gog and Magog war, if we're going to teach that this must be something that happens before the rapture, then that would mean that Jesus couldn't come today because this hasn't taken place today. And can I remind you again that there's no prophecy, nothing that has to happen or take place for Jesus to come for His church. He can come before the service is over. This microphone could fall out of my hand. I could vanish and disappear and so could you. Praise God. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the sound of that trump and I would be fine with that. I would welcome that. Amen? So could we see this invasion? It's possibly, it's possible that we could. But it's not something that has to happen before the rapture of the church. If Russia invades Israel in the first half of the tribulation, and if we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, then that shows me and should show you how close we are to the rapture. I'm starting to feel something up here, amen? That would show us, listen, I, 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 I don't know, I do know this, I do know this, I do know that what we see today is a preview and a big 
buildup to what is going to happen in the near future. And if we follow this timeline that this invasion will take place when Israel's dwelling safely in unwalled villages, when they are at peace and under a peace treaty, if we follow that line of belief and thinking and theology, then if we accept that fact that it could very well possibly be the time of the peace treaty under the Antichrist and the rapture has to take place before that peace treaty is signed. Ladies and gentlemen, we need as a church to wake up and smell the coffee, amen, and realize that we're on the brink, on the door of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The rapture is getting ready to happen. When you see these things, Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 6, there will be wars and rumors of war. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be pestilence, famines, and earthquakes in diverse places. But when you see these things, he said, see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. But I'm telling you today, it's all pointing to the fact. It's all pointing to the fact we are in the twilight of the age in the last of the last days. We have never been, no generation, We're, this is exciting time to live in. This is time when we have to get excited and press in and get closer to Jesus than we've ever been before. Hallelujah. I will say this, if, if those nations begin to align and make preparation to go against Israel, you just well you just will start walking around like this. I'm ready, praise God. I'm ready, amen. Oh, I've got to hurry. We've tried to establish a timeline. We've tried to establish a geographic region of where this, these armies will come from. The timeline of when it will happen. And my personal belief, it'll be just at the very beginning of the tribulation, just after the rapture. That's, that's what I believe, okay? But why? Why will there be an attack upon Israel? Well, the Bible says in verse 12 of that chapter, again, I'm going to skip down and skip some verses, but in verse 12, let me read verse 11. Verse 11 says this. You will say, this is God speaking to the, speaking to Gog, to the leader of Russia, whoever it may be at this particular time. I don't know if it'll be Putin or not. Somebody may take him out, maybe someone else. But verse 11 says, You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars or gates. Notice verse 12. This is the reason he will come against Israel. It says to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited, and against a people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and livestock and goods, 
In other words, because of the prosperity of Israel, God has prospered her. But he said the reason that it comes into his mind to come against Israel is because he comes to plunder and to take booty or to take prey. Russia will come against Israel for the purpose of economic gain and for spoil and to take prey or to take booty. The economic condition of Russia is deplorable. Russia is in a mess and getting worse. I heard them say the other day that the ruble is down compared to the dollars down to a penny compared to the American dollar. So its economy is down. It's falling. And, and here's the thing that we need to understand. That most of Europe, most of Europe is dependent on Russia for its natural gas. Russia holds 35% of the world's natural gas. And the U.S. and Europe have placed some sanctions on Russia and the Nord Stream 2 pipeline has considered bankruptcy. And that Nord Stream, 2, Nord, Nord Stream 2 pipeline is the pipeline that carries natural gas, bypasses Ukraine, carries natural gas from Russia into Germany to supply Europe. But Russia... So Russia will need an alternative, an alternative providers for this resource if that pipeline is shut down. And here's the thing. Israel, bring in Israel now. Bring in God's people and God's country, Israel. Israel has 32 trillion cubic feet of natural gas off the Mediterranean coast and is building the East Mediterranean pipeline. And Israel has the potential to become a natural gas source for all of Europe taking the place of Russia and make billions of dollars. Here's another interesting thing. 65% of the world's oil supply is located in the Middle East. And oil and gas has been discovered in significant quantities in Israel. Oil reserves have been located in the southeastern section of Israel near the Dead Sea and on the Mediterranean coastline. There are shale, uh, uh, shale oil deposits that have been discovered. And it's estimated, listen to me, it's estimated that Israel might have 2 billion to 4 billion barrels of oil offshore and an additional 500 million barrels onshore. If we're going to be dealing with anybody, we need to be dealing with them. Is anybody here? Not Russia and not Iran. Come on, I don't want to get political this morning, but you know what I'm talking about. We need to be, we need to be, we need to turn our faucet back on and get the oil pumping in, in the United States of America again. Can I get an amen on that? I thought it was interesting to read this week that drilling is being done. Oil drilling is being done near the valley of Megiddo. Right now, 
Well, why is that so special, Brother Rick? Because oil experts in Israel and the United States confirm that there is oil and natural gas under that region of Megiddo, which we would more commonly know as the place called Armageddon. Isn't that amazing? That there's going to be a great battle fought there in the near future. Come on, amen? And there just happens to be great resources of oil and natural gas there. Could it be that the armies will converge at that time to take those resources? And I'm just trying to give you a scenario today of why he's coming against Israel. Why Russia will come against Israel is to take plunder, to take plunder, to take the natural resources. I believe that plays in. Now listen, there will be protests against this attack. And the Bible says in verse 13 that when this takes place and Gog and Magog come against Israel, that Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, Tarshish and their young lions will say this. They will say, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, and to take great plunder? Notice that these countries, Sheba, Dedan, which is Saudi Arabia and Yemen, and Tarshish, which is believed to, to stand for England and Great Britain and the young lions of Tarshish which many feel are the countries that came from England including the United States and Canada but if you'll notice what happens that Israel will turn to these countries to the west to Europe and to the United States and to these nations for allies to her allies for support in the time of this invasion and all that Israel will get will be diplomacy the western powers will condemn the attack of Russia against Israel but do nothing to help does that sound familiar today it does very much so because the whole world is just condemning the attack but nobody's doing anything about it well needless to say I'm about done so y'all can breathe a sigh of relief. Needless to say, this does not look good for Israel. But if you've read, oh, if you've ever read your Bible, you know that there is time after time after time after time in the Bible when things did not look good for Israel, for God's chosen people. And it's not going to look good for them at this time. When, when, when Russia and Iran come from the north, when those countries of northern Africa come up from the south, and Israel is total surround, totally surrounded, and it looks like that there is no way out, and that they are definitely going to be destroyed. And let me tell you, in the natural, listen to me, in the natural, in the natural, there is no way that Israel could defeat all of these countries that are allied. 
that will be allied against them. I think of the time when Jehoshaphat, you know, there was there was three nations that came against Jehoshaphat and they were all surrounded and he went and had a prayer meeting and God spoke and said, you won't have to fight in this battle. You just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord for the Lord will fight for you. And I want you to know that's exactly what's going to happen when these nations and these countries and the Russian bear comes against the nation of Israel. God, I said God is going to intervene. When Russia strikes Israel, God will strike Russia and God will bring that bear down. I'm here to declare today the day is coming in the near future when Russia will not be a world power or a mighty power because God will break the back of the Russian bear and God will bring him down and bring him to his knees and that army will be totally defeated by almighty God. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and give the Lord a praise. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Let me read it to you. Here's what God's going to do in verses 18 through 20 of Ezekiel 38. And it will come to pass the same time when God comes against the land of Israel. Says the Lord God that my fury, notice this, my fury will show up in my face. That Russian bear is going to tick God off big time when he comes against Israel. Is anybody here today? He said, my fury will show in my face. For in my jealousy and the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. So that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heaven, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains will be thrown down. The steep places shall fall. And every wall shall fall to the ground there will be the scripture says God will send a great earthquake that will shake everything up during this attack when these armies converge upon Israel there will be great confusion among the soldiers in that invasion and verse 21 says that every man's sword will be against his brother and they will begin to kill one another verse 22 says that God will send pestilence hailstone rains fire and brimstone there will be overflowing rains there will be mudslides there will be hailstones that will fall from the heaven and fire and brimstone and these will be the weapons of God falling on these armies just as he did in Joshua chapter 11 Joshua chapter 10 and verse 11 when the hailstones fell on the enemies of Israel and more died of the hailstones than they did from the weapons of the armies of Israel I'm telling you God is going to enter and Russia will be supernaturally defeated by the hand of God not by the weapons of Israel but by the hand of God God will show up and God will show his power and God will move and God will deliver them from the hand of the Russian bear amen give him praise amen Ezekiel 39.3 says, Then I will knock the bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand. That's God speaking to Gog. Uh, <laughs> woo! 
Israel won't even have to fight. God will knock their weapons out of their hand. Verse 39, verse, chapter 39, verse 4, You shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, and all your troops and the peoples who are with you. And I will give you to the birds of prey of every sort, to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Russia will be completely and totally wiped out and the back of Russian communism will be broken right here and this will pave the way then we're talking about at the beginning of the tribulation this will pave the way for the antichrist to come in then and take over the Russian bear is out of the way Putin and Russia seem to have the upper hand right now, terrorizing Ukraine, threatening NATO, and anyone who would try to stop him. But can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this morning the day is coming when Russia and Gog will experience total defeat. And it says that they will bury Gog and all his multitude. Hallelujah! It's coming to a head. It's coming to an end. We're in the last days. Things are shaping up. Jesus is getting ready to come. Come on, amen. We need to get ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when this happens, God will get all the glory. Hallelujah. He said in verse 23, I will magnify myself, sanctify myself, And it will be known in the eyes of many nations when they shall know that I am the Lord. Everybody that sees this, this will be on satellite TV, on everybody's phone and computer and Fox and CNN and NBC and all the major news networks will be there when these nations converge upon Israel and they will witness it on TV. Hallelujah. And God will get the glory when he shows up. Hallelujah. And supernaturally defeats Russia and his allies as they come against Israel and save Israel. At that particular time. We see it. Coming to pass. There will be no doubt. That God. Has done this. Now if this were to happen. While the church is still here. Surely. I don't know. Not too many churches. Or preachers preach anything about Bible prophecy anymore. But surely if this happens while the church is here to preach the fulfillment of it and say, look, this is what God has done. Man, what a revival that could result from that, huh? What a revival that could break out. Praise God when God gets the glory for doing that. Worship team, you can make your way back. Listen. When this invasion takes place, the Bible doesn't say for sure, specifically. Is it before the rapture? Is it after the rapture? I've told you what I feel and what I believe, but the Bible doesn't specifically say. We just don't know for sure. But I like what someone said. I don't know who made made this statement, but I read it this week. Someone said, the world is not falling apart The world is falling into place. Everything is falling into place just 
like God planned it to. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we needed or deserved a weak leader. I don't know why it had to be this week, but <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it's, my help us, Jesus. But God is moving prophetically to bring everything to pass. Prophecy, Bible prophecy. You know, prophecy. Prophecy is history written in advance. And God who sees and knows the end from the beginning has used his prophets and given us in the word of God what is going to take place to give us a glimpse into what is going to happen so we'll know where we're at. Don't, 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 don't fall for all this stuff. There's a lot of YouTube prophets out there that are prophesying a bunch of garbage and, and a lot of different conspiracy theories and things. Stay with the Bible. Just stay with the Word of God. Stay with the Bible. God's working it out. He knows what He's doing. He knows how it's all going to play out and He knows how it's all going to end. Those prophetic pieces, ladies and gentlemen, are all falling in place for these events that I've talked to you about this morning to all take place. I do know from this prophecy, there's some things we don't know for sure, but I do know from this prophecy that what's taking place today, I believe this all my heart, what we see in Ukraine right now, that we are in the last days. We are in the twilight of the age. The sands of time in the hourglass of time are running low and we had better make sure that we know the Lord, that we're right with God and that we're looking for Jesus to come. Jesus said this in Luke 21, verse 31. He said, so you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. And then in verse 36, he said, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. He's coming to get us. Not Russia, Jesus. Amen. Jesus is coming to get us. And the old Russian bear, his doom has been sealed. It's going to happen just like God said it would. Continue to pray for world events. Continue to pray that God will have his way and his will to be done. But continue to pray as Jesus said in that verse. Watch and pray always that you, that me, that I, you and I may be counted worthy. To escape all the mess that's coming and stand before the Son of Man. Amen. Let's stand this morning.